Hello, I'm Steve Shear. Thanks for being back with us. Here is a discussion offering some funny books to read. Here also are some satires. Here are some books that are laugh out loud funny and some that might need some historical context to truly get the jokes. And here is a discussion we just started, really. What's the difference between comedy and satire? I found this web-based definition I thought was helpful. Comedy and satire are different in that comedy is a much broader genre. All satire is comedy, but not all comedy is satire. Comedy includes everything from intelligent, witty repartees and dark humor to slapstick and baseline jokes. Satire, on the other hand, is a literary genre primarily focused on highbrow social criticism. Though even here the lines just seem to blur. What's the difference between highbrow and lowbrow these days? Isn't there lowbrow satire? South Park comes to mind. The Daily Show is a mix of highbrow and lowbrow that often offers trenchant social criticism. And who's to say what is laugh out loud funny? It's all so personal. It's that stack of books. I'm Steve Scher. I'm Nancy Pearl, and it's half price cookie day at Bryant Corner Cafe. And so I, I can't talk to you anymore. I have to go. I got to go get a book. I read a book by Thomas Pynchon called Inherent Vice. It was funny, which was his goal. Not, however, what I expected from Thomas Pynchon. So I was glad that it was funny. <laughs> it's hard to be funny. It's impossible to write a book that's universally funny, that every reader is going to find funny. However, I have two of them that <laughs> I think meet, <laughs> that meet, that, that meet that criteria. <laughs> Just like that, you're sure? I, I'm going to laugh when I read these books. You are going to absolutely laugh when you read these books. These are fabulous books. This is William Kotzwinkel's novel called The Bear Went Over the Mountain, and it's about a bear who talks and who decides that he is going to leave beardom and enter the world of people. And his name is, he takes the name because his, his, his favorite thing is jam, so he becomes Hal Jam. And in the course of, uh, of, of living among humanity, uh, he, many things happened to him, all very funny. And I really wanted there to be, I, I, I remember talking to um, Bill Kotzwinkle when this came out and saying that I really wanted him to write a book called Hal Jam for President. What did he say about writing a funny book? Did he talk about the difficulty of it? He didn't. I, I, I think that... I, th I well, who knows? Maybe he, maybe he doesn't think this is funny. I mean, I mean, he signed this book for me all those years ago, and he said for Nancy with a big bear hug from Hal Jam and Bill Kotzwinkel. So, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think if you're going to write a funny book, you just have to like trust that it's going to find readers who find it funny. Yeah. Um, who is the audience for this? If I had heard you on the radio and didn't see the book, I would think it was a, for younger folks. But if I'm looking at the book, it, it's, it looks like a full adult book. <laughs> it is a full-on adult book. Yes, I don't think it's not appropriate for high school students or, or college students, for that matter. But it is he, he wrote it for adults. And there are plenty of jokes in here that I think are um, that take a certain amount of adulthood to kind of appreciate, as does the next book I brought. Well, Inherent Vice wasn't written for kids, to be sure. There were many jokes in Inherent Vice. You had to uh, accept and appreciate the era he was writing about, which was the, the, the fantasy 70s of stonerdom. Do you have to do any suspension with this book? Well, the only thing you have to suspend is your, your, your disbelief that a bear could talk. I have no problem. I know bears can talk. 
I've had a few bears shout at me. What's the other book? The other book is called The Evolution Man or How I Ate My Father. And it is by a British writer, Roy Lewis, originally published in 1960. And it's the story of an upwardly mobile Pleistocene era cave family. And a father is particularly adventurous and father is the one who goes up the mountain and brings fire back and fire changes everything now the fact that father did that really annoys uncle vanya who really does not believe he he believes that father is really dangerously tinkering with something that he shouldn't be tinkering with um this is a book that uses so much uh, I mean, it, it's more funny when it's funnier when you know who Uncle Vanya is. It's it's the more you the more you've read and you the mean more you check off Uncle Vanya. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, I mean, just the name alone. It's contemporary attitudes set in the Pleistocene, and <laughs> and and father is a little bit pompous and a little bit somebody somebody once said he's a little bit like. Um, Dr. Leakey, who, who, you know, was the person who was unearthing all of that. Um, but it's, it's the, that space when, when mankind came down from the trees and had to figure out how to live upright, basically. Now, this sounds like a book that would be hard to sustain, an idea that would be hard to sustain for an entire book. How did he make that work? <laughs> he made it work because he's a genius. He is a genius. It is just incredibly I, I mean almost any part like said I wonder so he's talking about um, Uncle Ian comes back from his travels and he said um, he came in the end he came to Palestine there he found the Neanderthaloids fighting with immigrants coming from Africa why shortage of game asked father no no it's a bountiful country flowing with milk and honey said uncle ian but there's something in the air there that makes primates as cantankerous as gorillas that have eaten sour apples so fighting they were but mating too it's much the same thing said father hmm i wonder what will come of it hairy apes and hairless apes miscegenating in palestine in the pleistocene Bearded prophets living on locusts and honey in the Holocene, I suggested. I mean, it is just absolutely a delight. Are you saying that, that, it's, that there aren't very many funny books in this world of ours? Well, I think there's a lot of humorous books. and I mean, I think there are many books that are humorous. Um, I don't think that there are books. I, I think as a librarian or a bookseller, it's very hard to give a book to somebody and say, this is a funny book because there's always the question of what's funny for one person is um, upsetting or offensive to somebody else. I think that's a big problem. Does anybody seek out humorous books in their writing, in their readings? Sometimes. Do you do you have any authors that come to mind? Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. Oh, yeah. That is just so funny the way she talks about like her body image and like having to lose weight and saying when I was really skinny my knees banged together and when I and I was really bored because I didn't eat on bossy pants we took that as on our road trip last summer as an audiobook and she reads it makes it even better a author I haven't read for a long time is David Lodge he's an Englishman and his books I think are very funny but the one I read most recently has one of the best titles of all time the 100-year-old man who climbed out the window and disappeared. 
and it's uh, translated from the Swedish. It's about a 100-year-old man who hated living in the retirement home, and they were about to give him a his 100th birthday, and he didn't want any part of that. So he climbed out the window and walked to the local train station. And then the whole story is sort of a candide. Things just happen to him. <laughs> he doesn't do anything when he gets uh, 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 carried along by thieves and rascals and criminals. And, and you talk about universally funny. It was made into a film. And they showed it last week up at the uh, Nordic Heritage Center, and everybody laughed throughout. <laughs> the one that I ha have really enjoyed and enjoyed talking to people about is Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> mostly because it's about Seattle, and I have experience with a lot of the places that are in the book. And my mom lived on Queen Anne on a, on a hill, and so we're very familiar with what happens when you weed a bank. <laughs> 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 it just all comes down into the neighbor's yard. You've brought here two books that you think that range over a wider span of time. I'm, I'm trying to think of other books that, like, I grew up, my dad had a whole shelf of P.G. Wodehouse. Do people think those are still funny today? I don't know. I, I'd, be, I'd be curious to, to know what are, the, what are the keepers. Oh, I think that Cheaper by the Dozen by the Gilbreths is still, still very, very funny. Well, that's interesting. So, so books that, that hold the test of time that are funny, I mean, there are a lot. Can, you mentioned Candide. One I had read, The Belly of the Beast, was supposed to be funny. I was reading a book that started out funny. I know it was meant to be funny, Vanity Fair. But by the time I was into it, it was just had gone way dark. I mean, are there some, there, are there some ones that have held the test of time and held their, held their humor in the way Jennifer was talking about that come to mind for you? Well, I, I belly of Paris, not the belly of the beast. <laughs> that would not be funny. The belly no, of the beast. No, um, I think to appreciate the humor in Vanity Fair, don't you think you have to know something about the period about which he was writing? A little, but I don't think I need to be a student of it. I mean, I got from his tone and his the tenor of his his approach that he was uh, mocking people that were trying to rise into the middle class or rise above the middle class? I mean, I think satire depends so much on knowing what's being satirized. I think it loses, loses its point. Well, are these satires? These books you brought are not necessarily satires. No, I don't think right. these are satires. Although, um, I, I think that Roy Lewis is satirizing 1950s Britain, uh -huh. um, but I, that went way over me, I don't know. Whereas David Lodge, who writes these books, are not they're, they're satires of, especially his academic novels, I mean, they're satires of, of academia and taking yourself too seriously and things like that. Um, and those have lasted. I mean, those were written in the 60s and right. 70s. Because that can be universal. Right. right. Well, I was going to say two comments. I think that's part of the reason why the comedy from the Golden Age of Radio sometimes is funny and sometimes isn't because we just don't get the references anymore. That said, Gracie, A Love Story is a pretty funny book by George Burns. And um, I was thinking The Prince's Bride, as far as one that's a little older that holds up because of that narrator that keeps popping in and saying, well, here's the part I cut out here. His tone is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy's looking a little. No, no, I'm trying to, I'm remembering. Yes. I'm remembering and I'm wondering why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why I thought Thackeray was funny right. for his part because right. he would keep popping up as the author right. making these comments. Yeah. I think we're also forgetting about all the funny uh, science fiction novels like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Terry Pratchett's books and Neil Gaiman and 
All those have humor in them as well. That Especially the one he co-wrote with Terry Pratchett, Good Omens, is very, very funny. And Terry Pratchett, but Terry Pratchett is, I mean, he's writing about contemporary society in an imaginary world, in disc world, and he's mocking a lot of things in contemporary society, which are, and he does a, did a wonderful, wonderful job with that. So he's mocking them, but he's not satirizing them? I'm trying to get your distinction between comedy and satire. That is satire. Maybe there's no difference in my mind. <laughs> I have to think about that. Well, who are other comedic authors that you, that you like? About James Thurber. I mean, all you have to do is just pull out the books and start reading, and you're chuckling. You can't help it. It's, like he writes about universal human condition, I think. Right. Well, Many people would find. say David Sedaris. Well, I think the, the point is well taken. What, uh, what is laugh out loud funny versus satire? You're thinking Trollope. I mean, he said you have to know the society in order to truly appreciate the humor. Even as gentle as um, Jane Austen, she uh, I mean, they, she was considered very funny in her day. But we don't we don't have the, we don't live in the same society now. Context is everything. Okay, well, I'm just going to have to read these two books to see if I, if I agree with you that they're the funniest books ever. <laughs> I'm sure you will come to agree with me. All right, thank you all. Thanks for listening to the show. There is a list of the books we talked about, plus some of the authors, at our website, thatstackofbooks.com. You can also find our podcast on Stitcher and iTunes. I hope you'll subscribe and maybe write some reviews of the show. Follow us on Facebook, That Stack of Books, with Nancy Pearl and Steve Share. Follow us on Twitter, at That Stack. And we're back at the Bryant Corner Cafe next week. I hope you will join us. We'll be there around 3, 3.15. Why don't you come on by? We'll be talking about books. Hear what you have to say. Tell us what you're reading. Take care. Take care.